Hi, I'm Carlos Frias. This is Sundial. Ruben Rabasa had been acting for more than 50 years. Then he got famous overnight for playing one character. Everyone was home during the pandemic watching Netflix, and on comes a sketch called Focus Group from the show I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. A marketing guy is going around the room asking people what they'd want to see in a new car. Ruben's character has ideas. Bluetooth capabilities? Great. Voice-activated lights? Perfect. A good steering wheel that doesn't fly off while you're driving? Uh, automatic side view mirrors? A great steering wheel that doesn't whiff out of the window while I'm driving? That is a good idea. Yeah, I, I wrote it down. Oh, nice. What are some ways we can make it family-friendly? No a space for mother-in-law. That's not helpful. Shut up, Paul. You probably love your mother-in-law. I actually do. Oh, my God. He made it. <laughs> okay, so maybe Ruben doesn't have the best car ideas. But, oh, my God, I admit it. The Internet fell in love with Ruben. Since then, his stock's taken off. Yeah, there were a million memes, but he went bigger. A Miami playwright wrote a one-man show for him that ran in Coral Gables this summer. He starred alongside Andy Garcia in the remake of Father of the Bride. And now, the kingmaker. He had a cameo in the latest Marvel movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. He cuts down poor Paul Rudd, the star. I used to ask myself a lot of questions. Scott, you're an ex-con. How are you, an Avenger? That doesn't make sense. But everywhere I go, people tell me the same thing. Thank you, Spider-Man! Now Ruben has half a dozen movies in development or waiting to launch. After more than 70 film and TV credits, at age 84, Ruben has arrived. Here, on a microphone that hopefully won't fly off like that steering wheel, is Ruben Rabasa. <laughs> Ruben, welcome, and thank you so much for making the time. Oh, my God. That was a great presentation, my God. Thank you very much. Really, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still amazed at what's happening to me right now, you know, one thing in back of the other. Um, but I guess it's because i always very positive, you know. I always use what I call my rule of three. Rule I of use, three. I use my dad very well, you know, and I think that I, if you live in the past, you live depressed, and you live in the present, you live in peace, and if you live in the future, you live with anxiety. So I always live in the peace. Uh, in, in the, the present. present. In the present, sorry. So uh, I just take life as it comes along. And, and so. Everything went fine when I did that show. I think you should leave. And uh, to be honest, you know, when they gave me the script, I think oh, this is this is crazy. What what is this? You know? Right, because there's a there's an element that like um, you look at it and just in print, your reaction was like, is this is this funny? Is this serious? <laughs> this is funny. This is serious. What what is it? But as you see, I, as an actor, I had to try to do everything they they gave me, and so. I found out that when you put your heart in there and when you when you really believe in what you're doing, no matter what you say, it comes out perfect because you make it part of yourself. And that's it. That's what I did, you know. That's what I did. I, I'm curious to what, what it's like for a guy who's been acting his whole career. I mean, you've spent, you have 
70 film credits to your name. You've been doing this for 50 years to find yourself famous now. What has that been like for you, that whole this experience? I mean, uh, I don't know if you call that famous. He's just calling that I, it's my right time and I'm in the right moment. Because what happened with acting is that they always remember for the last thing that you do, okay? So if I don't continue, then I'm going to disappear like anybody else. You know what I mean? And it's all dependent now that, that I that I have this opportunity that I can show the American people and the world who I am. I'm so happy that I can show that to the world. You know what I mean? And I just want people to to know me and to help me to get more jobs. That's it. So your ethic has been just keep working. Keep that's it. That's it. That's it. And nothing else going to stop me because uh, I, I was born to do that. And you know, everybody should be happy when you got the, when you do what you want to do because it doesn't become a job. It becomes a hobby. I love every minute of what I do, and I'm very happy to do it. And, and that's it. And, and on top of that, I like to be very positive in everything that I do. Even that I love to make people laugh because we need a lot of laugh in this world because a lot of drama going on and a lot of problems in, in, in life. So if I can make people laugh, I love that. And if I can make people think positive because that is very important. It's very, very important. What do you think it is that made people respond to your character? Because you, you're, the character, like you said, it's it's this comedy, and that was it. Were people waiting to laugh? Did they need a reason to laugh? And your your character gave them that reason. To Sometimes laugh? when I do things, I don't think that I do it to make people laugh. It's my way of talking, my way to to express. And of course, you know, sometimes I I try to fool around with things when they tell me to see the reaction what is the reactions are so yeah yeah definitely i i i love to make i i it's the way that i talk the way that i i i, I say things and uh in and this show the i think you should leave the character of paul i want he has a face that he doesn't love so i want to make him laugh so that's what I, and that is it helped me to to say one thing to him one thing to him to make him laugh and then people were laughing at me. Yeah, you just you beat up on poor Paul. Paul's Ooh, the that's right. Paul's the punching bag. In that's the, right. I think that, you should leave, the, right? The, the sack. That's his real name. And then Tim helped me a lot by you know saying, "Oh yeah, that's what you want," you know. So there was a great combination. And if you notice, it's a combination with three people: Tim, Ruben, and Sack. Right. And that's my oh, that's what I was saying. That for me, the number three is. Like miracle. That's it. Know? That's your feng shui number. That's my. That, that's for everything I do. You know what I mean. And I hope everybody would think that the same way. You know, um, and right now I'm, even you don't know, I'm the president of the building where I live. And of I, your of your condo association. The, the condo association. And I always say to everybody when I write a note to them, I say, listen, the first thing I have to do is communication. The second thing I got to do is cooperation. And I want people to find the solution. So it's a combination of the c communication and cooperation to get the solution. 
So that's in the way that I do my life, you know. Ruben, I have your next project. You you got to do some kind of inspirational video series. <laughs> like I would listen to that. I would watch that. I think. Well, we, let I me think tell you, you have to do it. Let me tell you something. I I do cameos for people when they want, you know, they're getting married or it's the birthday or they, they want to have a new baby or something. And I write, every time I write something to them, I, it's always there something beautiful for them to, uh, to, to grab and laugh at the same time. So have you had, that's interesting that you're able to, you're getting these cameo gigs. Are there, are there things that people stop you on the street and they're like, is oh there my a line God. that they ask? Yeah, yeah, no, they, 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 they love when I say to them, I think you in love with your mother in love. No? <laughs> well, <laughs> it is funny. Like, if anybody hasn't seen it, they should go on Netflix and look for I Think You Should Leave. And I, I want to say it's like episode three or 13. And it's called Focus Group. And it's, and he, he, yeah, you, you give it to this poor guy, Paul, who's uh, the actor's, the, the actor is. Uh, uh, Paul, Paul, uh, uh, Zach. Uh, Zach, uh, I Canning, Canning. That's the last That's you mentioned. And, and, uh, and, and the other, uh, Tim Robinson. And Tim Robinson's the yeah, other main the, character yeah, in that. That's right, yeah. You know, I, I want to go back a little bit, and I want to find out how you got into acting. Now, you came to the U.S. in... Uh, 1955. 55, okay, yeah. so like before before the, the critical mass, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, uh, i tell you what happened. Um, my mother was a nurse for the Red Cross. Mm. Um, my mother got divorced, so... And then they sent her to the United States to represent the Red Cross from Cuba in the United States. Oh, wow. And when she came over here, she loved the country. She loved because they say there's, uh, they, I remember she said that, you know what I like about my America? There's not so much machismo like it's in Cuba. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she said, so I love to go. I love to live in that country. I want to, you, and she have two kids. She said, I want you two to come over here to learn not to be machista, to be, to love m m women. So oh, said, that's so funny. So How to respect, come to America. I know, I know. That's so great. And then. So uh, you came with you and your brother then? Yeah, that's right. So my mother came first. And she loved, uh, uh, and then what's happening is uh, there was the Korean War at that time. Oh. Just she signed to go into the Korean War. Your mom enlisted My mom, to go yeah. to the war. So it's because she wanted us to, she wanted to bring us over here, and she get a diplomat passport because the war was over. They send it back to Cuba, and there was in the newspaper a Cuban nurse came back from after uh, uh, being uh, enlisted for the Korean War, and she came with all the. F I know my mother was incredible. That you, is incredible. It's a matter of fact that I did a show with Vanessa and Vicky. They called Ruvenology that I did it at the uh, Gable stage. And one of the scenes that I got it with my mother. The, it's, it's, mm -hmm. I would say Vanessa and Vicky uh, are are the writers of uh, of the the one man the one man show that you started. Yeah, that's right, Ruben Ology. And 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 one of the I have about uh, you know several segments about me when I came to the United States and I don't know one word of English. I don't know anything about English. I was it was it was crazy because I was 17 years old and you know. It's not the same thing when you come four, five, six years old that you can pick up the language right away. For me, it was kind of difficult to do it. And especially that I had to go to work because I was there was two brothers. My brother was younger, so he had to go to school. And I had to go to work to help my mother. So wow, that, so your brother's in school, yeah, you're going to work. Yeah, I got to work. So, so I learned my English in the street, you know, and you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that must have been... What, was that was that a difficult thing to overcome the the, the idea of 
learning English and everything? Because it was oh, for my parents definitely. when they got here. Definitely. It was difficult. I remember that I got a job and I made so many mistakes that I hear this. Uh, they, I, I was in New York, so there was the Italian, uh, fr uh, one of the bosses was an Italian, and he was from Brooklyn, and you know how the people talked in Brooklyn. Well, I mean, and they use uh, the F word very often, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so you learned that I word early on. Oh, my God, was the first <laughs> one I learned. So I came home, and I said to my mama, I think my American name is F. Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> no, F Cuban. And my mother said, my mother said, I think you're doing something wrong, my son. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of jobs were you doing early on? Oh, my God. The first job that I did it was at the uh, uh, Hotel St. George in Brooklyn. And I was supposed to be a bus boy. And I thought I was going to be driving a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those are all those. Th those, those are the things that happens. That are, so when I got there, I just said, no, "You don't want to be driving a bus. You want to be cleaning tables, and you know." So You're like, I mean, this makes no sense. That's right. But okay, fine. That's, that's right. That's right. So I did it. You know. So how did you discover acting? How did you go from the guy busting tables to then? No, no, no. I discovered acting since I was born. Oh, really? <laughs> Tell me about no, that. No, I loved. I loved because when I was in school, every time they they do in a presentation, I always want to be in the presentation. I always get together people to to do things. You know, that's what I really love. You know, and I remember that my my family said to me, uh, "I want to say to them, I want to be an actor." My mother said, "Come on, you crazy." That, you know, that's not good for you. You're supposed to be a doctor or a lawyer or architect, something that give you money. They don't, over there, no, it's not easy. You know, that's not an easy life. Right. So I say, okay. So I remember what they were watching a soap opera in, in, in Cuba that was very famous. They called El Derecho de Nacer, the, the right to be born, right. you know. And... There was a scene uh, that day. That day, there was one that was the most imp uh, incredible scene that they're waiting for. And I, what I did, I unplugged the television from the wall, and I told my aunts that the television was broken, and they went crazy. Oh my God! Today, <laughs> that oh, we need to see that. I said, okay, call your friends. You know, maybe you can go into your friends' house and watch the, the soap opera. So they went all over there because they have no time to check it out, the TV or anything. So they went there, they watched it, they came back and said, oh, well, we're going to have to go tomorrow to co to repair that. I said, no, you don't have to go tomorrow. I unplugged the television from the wall. I said, what? Why do you do that? <laughs> because I want you to know how important my job is. I want you to know how important we are. As an actor. As an actor. Oh my God, that is the most. That really is a brilliant play. You know, I they, say. they 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 look at me and they don't know if they want to kill me or they want to put me in. The, they <laughs> give me a trophy. You know what I mean? More or less. How old were you? A teen or you a kid? I was about twelve years old. T oh my God, get atrevido. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I and I always say, but my going to my rural street, I always say that, you know, the three great groups in this world are the Fire department, okay, okay. the doctors, and the entertainment. Because, entertainment. Mm -hmm. because we we if we don't have the you don't have the entertainment, you go crazy. You know what I mean? You need that. You need that. 
And the fire, because they save you from dying, and the doctor, they cure you from to not to die. So those are three very important groups. Perfect. Me. That was a great set. You sold me. That's I it. saw you? You did, absolutely. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so then when you get to this country and you start acting, you have this, this language barrier. So how do, you, how do you begin to act? How do you begin to find... Well, let me tell you, uh, the be at the beginning, I had to work, like I say, but then I met friends, I met two friends, uh -huh. that they have a theater. And they said, Ruben, you want to be part of the theater? I said, of course. So they, 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 then we start doing theater in the street in New York. And it was uh, something because, I mean, every time that we do theater in the, in the street, people don't know how to handle. Sometimes they get mad. They throw you things. But you still, uh, but I did a lot of work with them. And I, I, it's a first, matter of fact, the first show that I did, I did it at the uh, Lincoln Center in New York. And they have a park there that we did a show. Like uh, out front in front of the front Lincoln front, Center. Uh, that's right. So you, you can say you played the Lincoln Center. Yeah, I know. I did say <laughs> And I want you to know something before. Well, even though that I did that before I did that, mm -hmm. I went to Carnegie Hall because I wanted to be an opera singer. You wanted originally to be an opera singer. I got a beautiful voice. I want you to know. Oh, I've, I've, I've I, I, I used like to, I used to sing an opera, an aria from an Italian aria, and and people used to be outside, listen to me what I was singing. Wait, I got to stop you here. Okay. You were an opera singer. Yeah. Now I know this is a lot. And I would normally not ask anybody, but do you do you have it in you to give us a couple bars of opera? Oh my God! But I that's I, a lot. I know that's a, a lot. Remember, is you know one. Th I mean, if you are an actor, you can be playing as long as you want. But when you are a singer, your voice is not the same thing that's as true. you get old. That's true. And if you are a dancer, the same problem. You know, your body it can know even know the Alicia Alonso in Cuba. She was dancing ballet, and she was about 90 years old. But she's an exception of the rule. I yes, tell you that, that is true. That is true. I mean, she was a great ballerina sing, uh, uh, dancing. But, uh, so I'm not uh, going to put you on the spot on. on no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, now. the idea that I was singing was something like, Ma pari, tu ti But I cannot go. Oh back. my God! But, but, but it's something like that. That's was something fantastic. Like that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, because the, I feel like when that's in you, that that desire to perform, it, it had to come out in those different ways. That's like. right. That's right. So it, it, I mean, but at that time, that my voice was like a crystal. It was perfect. You know what I mean? But then, my two friends said to me because they want me to go into the theater. They said, "Ruin." I don't know what you're doing. I, I, don't want, I don't know why you want to be an opera singer because every opera singer is fat. <laughs> you and I was eating. so skinny. <laughs> so I said, oh, you mean that I had to start eating in order to become an opera singer? <laughs> <laughs> but then they, they involved me into the theater and at the same thing I was working and I, I, I don't have enough money to pay for my classes and this I was getting free. So I decided to be an actor, but it wasn't the same rule anyway. It was about the same thing, yeah. We're gonna take a little break here, okay. uh, but we'll be back in a moment with Ruben Rabasa. He's an actor of stage, screen. He's got a cameo in the new Ant-Man movie and don't miss him in the Netflix show, I Think You Should Leave. We'll be back in a second on Sundown. We're back on Sundial. This is Carlos Frias, and our guest today is Ruben Rabasa. 
He's an actor of stage and screen. He's got a cameo in the brand new Ant-Man movie uh, where he cuts down Paul Rudd a notch or two. <laughs> uh, Ruben, you, you talk about you know, having this acting in your blood and, and acting on the theater, and uh, acting on the street in New York. And I'm curious about some of the first movie roles that you were getting. Like, what, what were some of those early roles? Well, the, uh, there was a role, the first role that I got in the, for the movie was a movie called Bust 73. And it takes place in, in one of those uh, nightclubs in New York City. And it's supposed to be that I'm one of the policemen and I, and I, got, I grabbed this girl to dance and she got, she's, she's gonna give me some drugs. And I, as soon as she give me the drug, I, I will arrest her. Okay. And then my friend arrested Matashena, which is with me in that movie too. He had, the, he was doing the same thing, and he wanted to make a difference. So he instead of arrested, he started saying, "You know, you give me the drug," and he started making a whole kind of thing for them. T- so the, so the directors keep filming. So. When I saw he's doing that, so I go, you're right. So I, <laughs> so we went crazy, both of them. And the director loved everything that we were doing and, the, the, you know, the, the filming. So we were so excited that we invite a lot of people to come to see the opening. Come see the we, premiere, right. The premiere. Okay. Because we said, my God, now we're going to have a big scene in there. I'm going to be a star today. I'm going to be a star there. So the, the day of the opening they put our scene behind the credits of the movie where they say Bash 73. And you can see my bald head in, in right where the hole <laughs> of the bee is going back and forth. <laughs> so your, so your, your acting you was, uh, was in a behind the credits. Behind the credits. And so you see your bald head moving say, back. And, and they were my friend are looking at me and say, this is your scene. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have an okay. You have an iconic look, right? You have a look. Yeah. Des- describe your look today. My look today. Yes. Describe your look. Yeah, I have a particular look now because I let my hair white. Uh-huh. I let it grow, grow. And and as a matter of fact, you know, I, let me tell you what happened because of that. When I did that, I, I wasn't thinking about anybody, mm-hmm. you know. And when I came to when I came from California to Miami, uh, I I had something in my inside of my suitcase. And they, one of the guards from there, he said, listen, you're not supposed to have this in your suitcase. And somebody gave me some kind of um, fish in a can or something like that. Okay. So I said, well, listen, if you don't want me to go through, you can have it. No, 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 let me call the one of the uh, uh, biggest shot in there. So the guy, the guy came over to me. He looked at the, the two cans in his hand. Then he looked at me and said to the lady, let it go. He's um, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> That's so great. They thought you were Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Because Christopher Lloyd also has like the, 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 he's got the, the white the, hair. The, so when I say that, I go, gracias. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> like to talk. I thought to talk to say gracias. Like, you know, what, like in an American would say. You know right. what I mean? they, they said, oh, look, Christopher Lloyd speaks Christopher Spanish. Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about, um, so your your acting career is, a lot of the parts, you have like 70 film credits, but they, they've been like these uh, these specifically character roles. Like you've really gone in full character character actors, right? Or tell me a little bit about some of those roles well, that you played. I got, I, 
let me tell you something. That I did everything that I did. It was one line, two line, three line, and I always get killed. You always got killed. That's right. No matter what <laughs> happened. One of the reasons that I, le- I moved from Miami to California is because that one is the reason. I want to go to California to see, to to be alive in one of the script. Oh, so you were based here, but all the but shows, was, that's right. a you lot were always getting killed in the shows. That's right. When I was in New York, I did a lot of theater. But when I came to Miami, I started doing a lot of movies, more movies than anything. I, I, the first movie that I did was Invasion USA with Chuck Norris, Okay. okay. But then I, I can t- I can tell you a story for each one that it would take hours for me to get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love we love stories. Yeah, I know that. And so I I say well I gotta go to California because maybe I can get a movie that I gotta be alive in the whole movie. Because you were getting smaller roles. Smaller, smaller roles, roles. Smaller roles. Smaller like roles. In, you were in Miami Vice like a bunch of times, right? In Miami Vice I were five times, and, I, and out of the five times I got killed four times. <laughs> And I don't know how they revive me again, but they changed my look. They put a hat, they put this to, to make me look different. You know? Oh, they would put like a, a, a wig, a wig or, a, or something like that. Yeah, that's well, right. Well, see, that's the good part about about not about being bald. Is you but can, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you can do a thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You can do a lot of things. That's <laughs> right. So I, I remember that I, I, I went to California. They gave me a movie they called The Intruder. Mm. And the first thing, I, I took the script. I go, oh, I want to see where I am. So, oh, my God, I was all over the script. Oh, right? you're flipping through the script. So, you're so, everywhere so, I, well, I, I was in a small part, but there was all over the script. Sure. So, the first thing that I have, I, uh, the director came to me and said, over here, you have to talk different. You know, don't talk like you are alive. I said, what do you mean? He said, no, because you're already dead. <laughs> You were like a, a ghost in a it. A ghost. I was the father of Stephen Bauer, which is already. I was dead. I coming back every minute as a dead man. Oh, so your first you you came over to get a job or an acting job where you'd actually be a live character, and your first live character is a ghost. Is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen Bauer, we should know, is he was the star of Que Pasa USA. Que Pasa down USA, here. and uh, he was the one who uh, uh, the movie that it was a, a classic. Um, oh, Scarface. He was, Man, he was Manolo and Scarface. That's he right. Was in Breaking that's right. Bad. That's, that's yeah, right. He's got a career. That's right. But you kept doing these roles. Like there was, like the fact that you weren't a, uh, a Stephen, like the fact that you didn't become a star, that didn't deter you. That didn't stop it. No, because that's what I like. And, that, and when I wasn't doing roles in, in the movie, I was doing theater. So I always acting. I always acting completely. And another thing too, I, I remember that I used to, I used to do one role in 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 the movie, and then I I mean in the, in the play, and then I when I got in the day I sit in the bus being an extra to do a movie, and from there I I I learn my lines from the mo- the show that I'm gonna do do at night. So this was my life, you know. I don't care what I was doing, you know. I I just want to do it. What did you love about it? What is it about acting that has kept you doing it for? The majority of your life. Okay, one of the things that I love is I think everybody should take drama, mm. because when you do different character, you get to know humanity, you get to know how an, uh, a, a criminal guy think, how a, a, a priest think, how a father think, you get to know all these people, and you get to live their experience and that's what I loved about acting 
that you get to do all those things. There's, a, there's empathy, it builds empathy. And, uh, and then on top of that, I, I love to, uh, when I do something, okay, I cannot afford to do that because sometimes I need to get paid. Sure. So I, <laughs> I <laughs> sometimes, like when I did, I think you should leave. I don't, I think that I, I find that I was nothing there that I can bring to the world. And look, I bring to the world, people laugh and they, and my way of talking and the way that I do things, I make people laugh. And that for me was great, great. No matter what I, you know. You apply this to your life and you begin working. You're working and you're orbiting these big stars. Like you were you were in an Adam Sandler movie in these smaller roles. Oh my God, that was another one. And you know, this is the second thing that happened to me. When I did the Adam Sandler movie, they finished the movie. This was uh, Jack, Jack and Jill? Jack and Jill. Right. They finished the movie and they called me back to do another thing. Oh, interesting. That's right, okay. because they, they, they already finished it. They already finished it, but they say, I want to bring Ruben back to do the other thing. And oh, then, so you did one scene and they liked it so the, much, the, they were like, we'd like to put this guy in yeah, another scene. Yeah, but after the, the movie was already finished. Right. And they built, the, they built again the whole set to bring me back. Okay, that's, that's one thing. Wow. And now they did the same thing with Ant-Man. I did the, f the first, I did, it's a matter of fact, let me tell you something. When I went to do that movie, I thought I was going to be in the movie. Which one? The Ant-Man. The Ant-Man movie, okay. No, I was, uh, they called me to do the trailer. The trailer of the movie. And I was telling everybody, oh, I'm going to be in the Ant-Man. And then I found out that I was not going to be in the movie, that they only going to put me in the trailer. But the trailer was so excited. Everybody loved so much that they put me back in the movie, they put me in the movie, and then they make another scene, and they call me back to do the other scene that we do at the end of the movie. That is amazing. So like a huge Marvel movie, a, a multi-million dollar movie, and they just use you for the trailer because they thought, I guess it would be fun for the internet that's or whatever. Right, that's right. But they liked it so much, they kept it in. They kept it in. And on top of that, they What did, did that mean to you? What did that mean to you? <laughs> That's a good question. For me, it was incredible. I mean, and I was so excited that they finally, some people recognize me, what I am, what I do. And, and on top of that, <laughs> it was funny because the director, now they, they did an interview to him, and it's, he talked to me like hey, I'm, I'm the biggest star, you know, say, he don't even talk about Paul Rudd. He talk about, well, but maybe he talk <laughs> about Paul Rudd, but you know, at that moment, he only said, I love to work with Ruben Robasa because Ruben Robasa is so funny and, and he talk about the other actor too, but like, you know, he, he continued talking about me like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. That was uh, Peyton Reed. Yeah, yeah. Peyton Reed, the, the director. The and, director. And so uh, there, there's a scene, it's in the trailer where you say, th you know, so you say, thank you, Spider-Man, even yeah, though he's, he's Ant-Man. And uh, was that scene uh, written or was that improvised? Or it was improvised. It was improvised. And the problem is that most of the time, I, I mean, I, I watch, I've been watching Marvel movies and all that, but you know, they, sometimes they put Batman in, in the spider and they put the spider in the in Ant-Man. They, they change, they, sometimes they do all kind of... A lot of man, Spider-Man So when I got there, I thought that I was with the Spider-Man. Oh, that's so. So when funny. he walk out, instead of say thank you, Iron Man, I say thank you, Spider Man, and everybody start laughing, and I say, what are they laughing for? What did I do wrong? So. Oh, that's so funny. So you actually you said the wrong one, but they thought, but it was so funny. That's right. That that's right. That's right. But I feel like that's part of like that's part of your like brand. I think that's what people like is that you play you play it so straight. 
Yeah. That that's adds to the to the comedic effect. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Is that kind of what you did with the? Uh, I think you should leave. You're like when you look at it, you're like, this doesn't make any sense to me. But so. I know. But I'm gonna make it like it, I'm like that. You know, I'm I. I would, I would think, let's say now that you believe that, I, I can explain to you, if, if you believe that the world is going to end, even know that the world is not going to end, but if you believe in that, you're going to tell everybody, okay, we got to move, we got to go to another place, we got to find another planet, because we're going to die here. We don't, so, but if I don't believe it, I'm not going to say with my heart. Right, you went full method, like you I really... Was, uh, so when I say, by steering wheel is we out of the window. What are you talking about? And I believe in that, and I stand by. You know what I mean? When I say all that, I, I, I believe in that. Uh, this has been great, and I want to ask you more about that process, because I think that's really fascinating. But we're going to take a little break. Uh, we're speaking with Ruben Rabasa. Uh, he's an actor, and it has a cameo in the new Ant-Man movie. Uh, and he's made his big splash on the Netflix show, I Think You Should Leave. Uh, we'll be back on Sundial in just a minute. We're back on Sundial. This is Carlos Frias, and our guest today is Ruben Rabasa. He's a longtime actor of stage and screen, and he's in the new Ant-Man movie, uh, cutting Paul Rudd down the size. So we're talking about this this long career you've had. You said you want you have a picture you wanted to show me. I want to show you a picture when I came from Cuba. Okay. okay. Wow! Look at this guy. He's got this this thick mane of black hair and the searing eyes. That's beautiful. <laughs> Who took that picture? Uh, my my friend Orestes, the one that I was working with the theater, and this was my mother, the one that I was talking about. Oh, wonderful! It's like an illuminated photo, and she was a blonde. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. Wow! So, you know, I, I'm curious because you know you 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 come in, and especially when you have acting in your blood, and and your and it's something you want to make your career, and then you have a lot of these small working roles, like you know, it's not the big title role, but they're small working roles. And it keeps you busy. It keeps you in the business. Always, always keep it in the business. I mean, I don't only do a movie, but I do theater. And I do a lot of theater. I've been doing a lot of theater. Can I ask you, how has your family received this this news? This is watching you kind of finding... Let this, me tell you something. I, I, I think what I say to you is going to be a little bit sad. Because of my age, my previous family is all dead. They I'm all, sorry. They, my mother, my father, my brother, everybody. Uh, I have nephews that they were born in here, and they're more American than anything else. And we don't have the same connection. That's tough when and you don't have that, that cultural connection. That's right. But I do have a lot of friends, and that's what I call my second family. Oh, and these are the folks that, that I, I imagine some of them you, you work with. Too. That's right, like Vanessa and Vicky. They yeah. are the ones who really are my family now. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and that friendship with Vanessa and, and Vicky, that led to Rubenology. So tell me That's about right. So they wrote a play. It's basically a one-man play about your life. Okay, what happened is I, I told them everything that happened to me when I came from Cuba, and they used, they laughed a lot. So what I did is I have, I did a stand-up talking about my life, and it was funny. In oh, so I did it in California. Oh, okay? interesting. You did a stand. You the, had already been in doing some stand-up stand up. in Spanish. No, I did it in, in, in English, English, and I was afraid that people don't want to understand me. So I said, "Oh my God, I'm gonna." So the first day that I went into the audience, and I mean, I'm, I'm glad that there was a lot. 
I mean, there was about 200 people out of the 200, 150 were Spanish that speak English and Spanish. But the American, I was afraid that they don't understand me. But they, everybody understand me, and they love it. And, and they, they start calling their friends and say, you have to see Ruben. You got to see Ruben because it's very funny. And the same thing happened with, I think you should leave. People, at, it's a matter of fact that somebody said one day, the, uh, uh, the guy who's taking care of Instagram, David, he does was, your, somebody does your Instagram? That's right. He said to me, Ruben, the other day somebody said, I don't think Ruben is that funny. So I didn't answer him. I let your followers answer to him. Oh, some follower tried to troll you and yeah, say, that's he's right. not so funny. Yeah, I know. And then I said, I don't want to answer you. So 15 minutes later, a lot of people, what are you talking about? Ruben is very funny. You know, I laugh. <laughs> and every, so he don't have to answer. You know, the, my, my fans right away talk to about me. Isn't that amazing, though? What has that been like to see this, these fans like you have this community of people that are following you? I know, you. I know. It's, it's amazing. It, it is amazing. And, and then when, you, when something like that happens, you don't think that is the end of the world. You think that you are in the right place. And you, oh no, oh. It's okay to get emotional. It's an emotional thing. It is an emotional thing. Because it doesn't matter where you're from, the color of the skin, anything, it's people. Right. And that's that connection that, that this job has given for you, this career, this that's calling. That's right, that's right, that's right. I, I gotta commend you on the Instagram thing to lighten it up because the Instagram is great. <laughs> like people that follow it, it's very funny. And, and you're very prolific. You're doing something on it every day. Every day. Sometimes they, they sing in Instagram, they ask me questions like, you know, Ruben, are you always happy? I say, of course I always happy. And when I'm sad, I turn it into happiness, that's it. Because that's the best way. I mean, if it's anything happened to me, what I have to carry to you that, you, that you got nothing to do, I got to solve my problems, and I want you to be happy when you are with me. That's always Yeah, it. you give a, the Instagram is great. You give a lot of advice, and you really connect that's right. with people. Have you been always like this, so optimistic, yes, so yes, positive? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always been like that. My family, everybody loved me because of that, because I always been very optimistic. On the other hand, People are afraid that they say, Ruben, you have to be careful because when you are like that, people are going to take advantages of you. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because even the worst people, I mean, you find people that are really crazy that's got nothing to do because in their mind, they're crazy. Right. But when I'm talking about people, they think, a lot of people got a lot of problems in life because they've been going with the wrong crowd. Mm. They are no art with the right crowd. And most of the time, going back to my rule of street, I believe that when you have kids, there's three steps that are very important, which is observation, acceptance, and education. That's it. You don't have to do anything else with your kids. Yet observe them, accept it for what they want to do, and make them better on what they want to do. And when you gonna create a family, there's three steps. The first one is attraction, communication, and sex. <laughs> and after time goes by, 
it goes attraction, communication, and respect. Mm. That's it. That, that's, that's the whole thing. Um, You're a guy who spent a lot of time examining relationships. Oh, definitely, definitely. Is this the reason that acting continues to be such a passion for you? Yes, definitely. That's one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons. It's very important to me to, to create different characters and to think in the way they think, in what did they do, what did they say, what they say, and what did they act in the way they act, you know what I mean? So, Will you take me inside for a minute and explain to me, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how much of a backstory do you build into a character? Is there a particular exercise that you do to get into a role? Or well, it's not a, the only. The first thing I had to do is know what the writer is right. You know what is in his mind. Right. What the director wants, because each one is different. You agree? And what the actor wants. Okay, how we go to the three? The three, the, the rules of three, threes. The three, that's right. So uh, the first thing, I'd find out what they write it, like I say, and then the director tell me what he wants to do. And then I create things. And most of the time, I find that a good director is the one who casts the right person for the right part. 75% of the director's credit, it goes into casting. Get the right person to, to do it. To get the right person to do it. You know so, what? So Ant-Man, perfect example, right? It's just, it's a small scene, but it's so memorable. It's yeah. so funny. That's right. That's right. What did you do to get ready for that spot, that role? <laughs> you just read the script and show up or tell me about the backstory? You're oh laughing. God, You're I love it because what happened is my manager called me and she said, Ruben, they want you in Ant-Man. I said, okay, great. Oh my God, I'm going to be in Ant-Man. I already did two movie for Marvel before that. Oh, you had been in Marvel yeah, movies? Yeah, I did, I did the first Ant-Man. They did a scene that they spent so much money in that scene and it was Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. They, they have a fight and I'm supposed to be playing chess with this old, old man and she came over to the table. She threw the chess, uh, she pushed everything down. Knocked she said, over the board. Yeah, I said, and Jackmate, how do you say when you when you kill? Checkmate, hakema, checkmate. hakemate. Yeah, hakemate, jackmate. And then I went to the other guy, I went. You made like a crazy symbol. It's crazy, you know <laughs> what I mean? And then Michael Dola came to me and he, well, so I thought I want to be in the movie. So when I went to see the movie, my friend Orester again, he came over and he said to everybody, oh, my friend is in the movie. And I said, okay. So I sit, in, I sit down there, I watch the whole movie, and it was cut off. Oh, no. You went to watch and you could have been cut from another movie. No, I know. Yeah, you were your bald head in the behind the credits, maybe. That's right. But this one, it was cut <laughs> off completely. Oh, oh, oh. So what happened is, Oreste said to me, wait until the end because then you're going to be in the credits. And if you're in, in the credit, they give you, they're going to send you residual. Right, right. Get a little... No. I wasn't even in the credit. Oh, so man. then when I walk out of this, this theater, I got a hat and I put it all the way down because I don't want anybody to see me. Oh, no. <laughs> because I think telling everybody that I was in the movie, you oh, know. And, I, and then you, that happened again? But so no, you, then when they called me the second time is when I did the, when segment. I, the, the, the segment that I thought I was going to be in the movie and I was in the trailer. So it was... One in back of the other. It was know? almost the the opposite. They they liked it so much that, that they put it into the put actual. It and then when I told the director and said, you know that I was in the first movie, he said, oh, Ruben, we know about it and we fight. We don't want to, they, they don't cut that scene. Don't worry. It wasn't because you weren't doing the right job. You're doing the right job, but they cut it because another reason. I said, okay, that's it. What is it like to have fans like that? The people in the production that know who you are and that appreciate what you bring 
to those little moments. Well, I think, you know, it's great to have friends like that, that they look at you like that. But I think people, when they realize that you're doing something great, they let you know right away. Yeah. And then you accept it and, and be appreciated. That, that. But even though in this business, there's a lot of, oh, how, how will you say that? Um, como que no, que tienen miedo, que le, que, que le van a tumbar un trabajo. Oh, you know? people scared that somebody's going to take a job from that's you. Right, that's right, that's right. So, you know, when something like that happens, a, a lot of people, jealousy, jealousy you know yeah. what I mean? But on the other hand, they love when they, you know, when you do something good, you know, when you when people like you like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a role that's a dream role, something that you would st- that you would love to play? Is there something? Well, it's coming up now. Your dream role is coming up? That's right. Tell me about it. Can you tell me anything? Yeah, I can tell you. Okay. It's, it, the name of the movie is going to be The King of Cuba. The King of Cuba. And do you do you what do you watch a movie that called Life is Beautiful with Roberto oh, Benigni? Roberto Benigni, of course. Well, who can I, remember? Who can forget the acceptance speech in the Oscar when you he stands when on he the? You say when he stands on and he walk all over the top of everybody. I love everybody. <laughs> so. I love in the way he acts because this is in the way that I love to act too. Because it's it's a comedy and a drama together. And this movie had that because it's a dark comedy. And it's something about the only thing I can tell you, this guy wants to kill Fidel Castro. Oh and that's just, the whole. just play that in Miami. You're that's gonna, right. You're that's gonna sell out every show. You're gonna sell it out. <laughs> <laughs> so so he killed he takes my girlfriend and on top of that he takes my country so that's what the whole movie about is right well Ruben is not going to have that before we go your colleague in Father of the Bride Angela Alvarez had never acted and she had never sang professionally and she gets brought into the movie to act in a role and she sings yeah and at 95 she wins a Latin Grammy Okay. So you have these two, you and her, obviously, she's 10 years older than you are, so, but you have these two actors that have, uh, or these two folks who have, who have lived their full life, the full, the rich life, and to, to have these two folks really continue to break new ground, two people to continue to break new ground, what do you think it, people can learn from your example? Well, number one is never late than better. <laughs> <laughs> better late than never. <laughs> oh, better late than never. <laughs> Uh, not to not to stop, uh, you know, from your dreams. You know what I mean. To to continue, because even if you don't get to be famous, 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 but then you know that you did the best thing. That's the best thing. And when you enjoy what you're doing, no matter what you do. I mean, you see people collect stamp and they collect stamp, and sometimes nobody knows about, but they love the collection. They know what they have. And they enjoy that. And so it's the same thing, you know. It's, it's, I, I always say that that's it, you know, to do what you like and don't worry about anything else. Eventually, it's going to come out great, good. The, the best thing they can do, they can buy you a collection for millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, we've been speaking with Ruben Rabasa. He's an actor of stage and screen, and he continues to make us laugh. Ruben, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. Carlo, thank you very much to be with you. You are wonderful. You made me feel very good. And, you know, we did a great, great thing. And that's Sundial for Monday, March 6th. Leslie Obaye Atkinson is our lead producer. 
Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Meritz is WLRN's vice president of radio and Sundial's engineer. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Balo at gobalo.com. You can download a podcast of this program. Just search for WLRN Sundial on your podcast app. Coming up tomorrow on the program, a battle over the soul of Miami Beach. Developers are willing to pay for pricey Art Deco building repairs if they can build a condo nearby. Preservationists fear this will destroy what makes Miami Beach special. I'm Carlos Frias. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.